from films to sitcoms, inspired by Bard, come to nerds with a knack for Will Shakespeare. With a friendly rival vibe, and a hope that you'll subscribe, rescues your ears from sure boredom. This is the theme song of Avant Bard Pod. Got a blast! <laughs> What the fuck was that? <laughs> but that was actually the actual theme song. Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself, William Shakespeare! Was that supposed to be Jimmy Nutri got a blast, but Zane William Shakespeare? Kind of. My name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he, him pronouns. And, and my name is Megan Charlo, and I use she, her pronouns. Today, we are discussing season two, episode 13 of The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, titled Out Darn Spotlight. Megan, did you know that the full name of the TV show was The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius? I thought it was just Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, but now I know better. Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius was the, the film. film. <gasps> That's right. So this episode aired March 11th, 2004 on Nickelodeon. This episode is an adaptation from a spinoff of a movie that came from an unaired cartoon pilot. I'm sorry, what? Jimmy Neutron creator John A. Davis, he had the idea for a boy genius who was called like Johnny Quasar. And he had this idea for, like, a show about a boy genius. He made, like, a short 3D animated pilot and then was like, wow, this is using 3D animation really well. And Nickelodeon went to him and was like, listen, this could be a TV series or it could be a movie. In fact, let's give you a TV series and a movie. And John A. Davis actually had a brilliant idea, which was, let's make a movie first. And we can create the models, the 3D models for the movie. And then we can use the theatrical quality 3D models in a lower budget TV show. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Like you put a lot of money into this movie and you could just recycle those models, which they did, which is why some of the models in Jimmy Neutron look like ass because the show aired for a long time after the movie. So, Megan, I know we're not talking about the movie Jimmy Neutron today. Yeah. But we are. Oh. Because I just want the context. Movie costs $30 million, which is a lot, especially for a kid's movie. It made $103 million. Cha-ching! That's a lot of money. Even with you being confused about... No, no. Okay. Here's what I will say. That is three times the amount. Yeah, that's a lot. The last time something was about three times the amount, you were like, that was good. Yeah, this is great, though. I hate you. <laughs> it's great because it is an untested thing. And the marketing campaign for this movie, Megan, they got Jesse McCartney to sing a song that was in the movie. I mean, he already had the song, but they put it in the movie. I don't know if you remember, Megan, but the soundtrack for the Jimmy Neutron movie was like gangbusters. So. It was banging. So that movie made a lot of money. Not only did it make a lot of money, it was nominated for Best Animated Feature for an Oscar. Oh, nice. 
It's weird to think about a show. Oscar nominated Jimmy Neutron. Yes. It lost two guests. I have no idea. Shrek. I mean, of course. But imagine, Megan, a world in which Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron, Neutron <laughs> won and said, I think it would be a different world because I think Shrek winning best animated feature was a mistake. So instead of people on the internet being like, get out on the swamp, they'd just be like, got a blast all the time. I think that Disney would be different than where it is now if Shrek didn't win. Because Shrek winning meant Disney is a valid target. And so then they kind of shifted their animation away from classic fairy tales. I mean, we're back there now, but still. It would be more smart people shows. Big Bang Theory would have come out soon. (laughs) Yeah. I hate it. Jimmy Neutron went on to spawn the TV show we're talking about today. A spinoff called Planet Sheen, where Sheen gets trapped on a distant planet, and it's awful, and nobody likes this show. A simulator ride at Universal Studios Florida. What? Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast. Wow. It is now the Minions ride. Oh, that's bull. I want to ride Jimmy Neutron Minions Blast. (laughs) Jimmy Neutron Toontown Extravaganza. What was it called? (laughs) No, you got it right the second time. It's definitely Jimmy Neutron's (laughs) Toontown Toontown Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast. That one. Now, the TV show. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess we should explain, like, the basic premise of it. I know we didn't Jimmy Neutron is a boy genius. He has a robot dog. His parents are dumb, and so are his friends. And his best friends are Carl Weezer, played by Rob Paulson, who is hankering for a reboot. He's like, people love Carl. It's true. It's true. Carl is the breakout character of the show. It's true. Hey, Corey Shimatsu knew it. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine a world where everyone's just doing Carl Weezer impressions instead of Shrek impressions? That's the, actually, Meg, I think more people do Carl Weezer impressions now than they do Shrek impressions. No. Jimmy's mom loves croissant. <laughs> I can't do a good croissant. croissant. You could do a pretty good croissant. Just about this genius kid who's just like, oh, what? Here's an invention I made. Oh, it got screwed up. Uh oh, a mistake. Yep, <laughs> Gotta I have fix, to fix it. it. That's the basic premise for this show. And obviously, this is an adaptation of William Shakespeare's Macbeth. I'm just kidding not an adaptation it's really not it just has to do with Macbeth and it really oh we'll get into it I'm not even going to tell you what Macbeth's about if you want to know listen to one of our other Macbeth episodes honestly it's not going to come up sorry if you were looking forward to a summary I was going to do an acting corner but I realized since it's voice actors Megan should do an acting corner but I didn't inform her about this ahead of time because I'm changing the acting corner and I don't really care about voice actors but the only really important person that I want to mention is Phil Lamar who voices Bolby in this episode <laughs> Does he voice the like fancy Bolby or does he always voice Oh he's Bulby? always Bolby what? Yeah, Phil Lamar, who is Hermes Conrad in Futurama, Green Lantern in the Justice League, yeah. Jack in Samurai Jack, yeah. Static in Static Shock, like, he's all over the place, he's Aquaman in Young Justice, he's awesome, he's a great guy, 
Uh, he's a prolific voice actor, and he's Bulby. <laughs> Rob Paul. I already mentioned Rob Paul. So yeah. Now. He's Pinky. Nar. Start the episode. <laughs> what I love about this episode, man. Yeah. We waste no time. We waste no time. There's going to the be a school. school play. We're at the school. There's a play. It's Macbeth in space. The kids are talking about auditioning. They don't know who William Shakespeare is. Yeah, they're like, is that the janitor? And it's stupid. And then Bowlby comes in. And he's just like, I love Shakespeare. To be or not to be, Macbeth. That's not Macbeth, Bowlby. Is Bowlby offensive? That's a good question. Yes. Bowlby, for those who aren't in the know, is an exchange student that goes to Jimmy's school, talks to himself in the third person all the time, and doesn't say English correctly. So it's kind of like, Bobby do good. And I'm like, is Bobby offensive? Uh, yeah, I okay. think so. He's also one of the like only, I would say, starkly unattractive kids. They want they, him to be unattractive. Yeah. They give him, like, cross eyes and yeah. uh, unibrow. And, like, it's not like, oh, he's got a unibrow and we don't care because this was made in the early 2000s, so it's obviously to poke fun at him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I agree with Sheen. Sheen's like, Macbeth sounds dumb. I mean, I don't agree with that. <laughs> but he's just like, in space, never mind. This is going to be the greatest school play ever. And I was like, fair. Listen. All plays in which Shakespeare plays are set in other time periods are bad unless they're great. Yes. <laughs> Those are the only two options. They're either horrid or amazing. If my school was like, we're doing Macbeth in space, I'd be like, get me on that ship. Yep. We find out that Jimmy doesn't want to audition until he re- finds out that Betty, the hot girl he likes, is auditioning for Lady Macbeth. And he's like, oh, right, the famous kissing scene between Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Because that's totally a thing in Shakespeare. Yep. Man, this is classic kid play shit. Where they're like, that's where you have your first kiss. Hey, that kiss isn't real. Should you have your first kiss be a stage kiss? Absolutely not. No. But it's also not real. It's not the same. These shows always have like... Well, I'm going to pursue this because my romantic interest will be my first kiss. Then it's like, yeah, but they aren't seeing you. They're seeing the character. Yeah, it's weird. It's kid logic. And also, that's not a scene in Macbeth. So anyway, we move on. Jimmy now wants to audition and he goes to his parents. And he's like, I've watched The Matrix. Keanu Reeves has taught me all I need to know. Okay, a Keanu Reeves joke in the early 2000s, pretty funny. Ha ha ha, that guy is pretty stoic and acts like he's not intelligent. In 2022, goes over like a lead balloon. We're in the middle of a Kianaissance, you piece of shit genius boy from the early 2000s. You don't know the levels we are getting of Keanu today. Keanu? He's not a future teller. He's a genius. Oh, he... He could go into the future, Megan. He he could could time travel. He could be like, what about in 2022? Before I make this joke, let me see how Keanu's doing in 2022 in the public eye. He's like... I have a feeling some podcast's gonna cover this. John Wick? Three of them? He's in that Netflix original movie that surprised everyone in the trailer when he showed up where, like, the woman, he was like, this is my ex, and it's, like, actual factual Keanu Reeves. Playing himself? 
she's like, I dated Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And they're like, the Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Actually? He's, yeah. He's also in like one of the SpongeBob movies. Listen, he's back, baby. Keanu. Going back to good actors, Jimmy's father, Hugh, is like, no, no, no. I know how to act. Let me teach you. There are three Shakespearean emotions. Mad, happy, and there's an anvil on my head. Is Hugh Neutron the funniest character on this show? He likes ducks. He likes pie. He does like ducks. I think he rules. Him he, and Carl he's the Weasley. Best. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know, maybe Carl, but he was the best, like, constant comedy character. So anyway, Jimmy is doomed because uh, he's bad at acting. So anyway, we go to auditions. <laughs> and the first line we get from Macbeth is, well, all the great oceans of Mars wash this space creature's mucus clean from my hands. Pretty good. But then there's a Stella reference. So this is Nick auditioning, right? Yeah. And then he does a Stella reference. And uh, Marquez and I both stopped and went, why? <laughs> why is there a streetcar named Desire reference? For all the tweens watching the show who love streetcar named Desire. Well, you see, they made this for kids and adults. You know, for all of the early 2000s parents who love streetcar named Desire. And anyway, as soon as he's done auditioning, the director... Principal. Principal Willoughby. Willoughby is just like, you are Macbeth, done even though that's not fair. But honestly, it's pretty accurate for school plays. So Carl gets first witch. Because he's scared. And the... the he projects because he's scared. Well, and because they're like, do better. We can't hear you. And then he freaks out about how he didn't want to audition and his mom made him. And let me just say, I wish everyone who didn't want to audition just told the director that in the first place. Me too. Because then honestly, you just wouldn't cast them. But instead, he gets first witch. Yep. Cindy, who is Jimmy Neutron's rival slash love interest for realsies in the show later, she gets witch too because uh, she's a massive bitch. Get it? Like, literally, it's just, she's mean, so we're going to cast her as the second witch. We hate women. <laughs> and then uh, Libby gets witch number three because she screams loud. And it's like, wow, you know when all the witches scream in Macbeth? I would also like to state at this point, Libby has her redesign from the beginning. She used to have a ponytail. And in season two, she gets dreadlocks in a episode about mummies where they go to Egypt and they find out that the ancient pharaoh looks like Libby. So they change her hair. Good for Libby. And then she can get soldier number five and he's very sad until he finds out he gets to carry a laser spear and then he's all in. Who wouldn't love soldier number five? The joke is, is that Bulby is good at acting. Well, first, the joke is that Jimmy's bad at acting. Oh, yeah. And he says, a spaceship, a spaceship, my kingdom for a spaceship, which is Richard III, Jimmy, slash, I should really be mad at Principal Willoughby, because yes. they are reading assigned things, I assume. Yes. And then Bulby is an incredible actor. And we're like, wow, Phil Lamar. <laughs> See, it's a joke because he's normally the worst human and he does the whole Tale Told by an Idiot bit from actual Macbeth. And he gets cast as Rangoon the Space Pirate. A character that we all know and love. I also want to say, why is his name Rangoon? Crab Rangoon the Space Pirate. Yeah, no. So here's the other thing where I'm like, is this offensive? Probably. The only foreign kid is named after a foreign food. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Why couldn't he be Banquo the Space Pirate? Even if Why you're... couldn't it have anything to do with Macbeth? Why couldn't it have been Macduff the space pirate? We'll get into this. Okay. I'm not sure 
who the space pirate's supposed to well, be. Well, Megan, obviously he's Rangoon, the space pirate. And then it's like, wow, Jimmy was really bad. And he's like, I didn't even want to be in it, but I'll do anything. Please let me be in it. Uh, and then he's stage crew. And Which, he's going to make everything for $17. He's a boy genius. Yeah, he'd do it for free. Megan, literally the opening of the movie is that he turns a coal into diamonds for his mother. So it's fine. He can be stage crew. So yeah, he makes a weather bot. He also makes shoes for the witches so that they can fly around, a thing that I wish I had to this day. That would be so cool. That'd be great. Oh, I wrote here, uh, I hope he makes machine horses that eat each other. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But you know what? I don't think that's part of this, because this really isn't Macbeth at all. No, Because once again, we hear talk about the romantic love scene in Macbeth. Yep. Moving back to actual Macbeth, Libby's like, I want to funk up the witches scene. And Willoughby's just like, okay, whatever, sure, do, do it. it. Uh, and then Bulby's just like, why is Rangoon not in Act 5? We will come back to this. Yeah, Megan. we will. This is an important point to make note of, Megan. Thank you for making note of it. And then it turns out it's because he falls off of a crater into boiling lava. So here's the thing. That means he can't be Macduff. Yeah. So Macduff's in Act 5. He's Banquo then. He's Banquo. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. And then Jimmy gives actual laser spears to Sheen. Which sounds like a bad plan. Why would you do it for any actor? They just need to be props, Jimmy. I would also like to state that Sheen doesn't know how to say his line, which is, from memory, my lord, your wife, Lady Macbeth, approaches. I can do it. I memorized it in two seconds. However... Since I was but a small child, yes, I have had stuck in my brain forever the way that Sheen says it like a Mexican. Yep. It's fine because Sheen himself as a character is Latinx. Yes. Is the voice actor? Yes. Cool. So he's Mexican uh, and I'm Mexican. So he says it like, your lord, my wife, Lady Macbeth approaches and... In my brain. Forever. But I will be dying and on my <laughs> deathbed. Sheen's voice will pop into my head as my last thought. My lord, your wife, Lady Macbeth approaches and then I'll die. Nick and Betty are about to kiss. Yes. And Jimmy gets so jealous. He turns on the rain on his weather bot and it rains on Nick. And then he's like, whoops, sorry, that's a mistake. And Cindy is just like, I will murder you if you mess up this show. You know what character she really is? The Macbeth curse. Speaking of, uh, apparently it's the show. (laughs) All of a sudden, the next scene. We only got like 20 minutes. Yep. We gotta move forward. Everyone's in the audience. They're so excited to watch their kids do Macbeth in space. One of the greatest interactions in the entire episode happens where Cindy's mom's just like, my daughter Cindy's a star. She's incredible. She is a witch. And Jimmy's mom's just like, So I hear. Because she's a witch in real life. Yeah, and the moms hate each other because moms have to hate each other for some reason. Because Uh, their kids are rivals, so they have to be rivals. That's fair. So a few notes. Principal Willoughby's like, my college roommate, Corky Shimatsu, is in the audience. He's a talent agent searching for a new star for his new show. Weird. 
Sure. Shows always do this where they're like, well, I just happened to know a talent agent who just said, yeah, I'll go to this not famous show at this not famous school. Yep. Everyone's saying break a leg to each other. Yeah, there's a joke about Sheen is like, why would you wish that upon someone? And then it turns out, uh oh, they can't find Nick. <gasps> Where's Nick? And they're just like, oh, the boy playing Macbeth. People are saying the word Macbeth a lot. Yeah. That Nick, and they point outside. Nick's doing rad moves on his skateboard. I do love that Carl, the funniest character, is like, wow, Nick's doing... I can't do a good Carl, man. Nick's doing dangerous moves on his skateboard. Thank you. That's it. Yep. And then, yeah, Nick... Breaks his leg. Breaks his leg. And Sheen goes, that's good luck. Good job, Nick. It's funny. And it's the curse. Yes. But no one says it. And they're like, oh no, who could be Macbeth? Who's a genius with a photographic memory who sucks at acting? Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy's now Macbeth, and he's like, I can't do it. And then Betty Quinlan's like, yeah, you can. And he just goes, yeah, I can. And we cut to commercial. Carl, during the commercial break, found out about the Macbeth curse. And he says Macbeth a whole lot. (laughs) And then he realizes it after like the seventh time and screams. It's very good. He's just like, so there's a curse about the play Macbeth where if you say the main character Macbeth's name a lot during the rehearsal of Macbeth, you're going to be cursed. Oh, congrats on being Macbeth. Oh no, I just said Macbeth. <laughs> Every joke in a TV show about the curse is funny to me. Yes. It's always well, funny. because the curse itself is kind of funny. Yeah. So the play starts out with the phrase, "'Twas long ago in a galaxy most far, far away." That's not Shakespeare. That's Yeah, that's not even Shakespeare. And I give up. That's Star Wars. Willoughby sucks. I wrote, Megan probably has a lot to say here. So basically, what I did was I wrote down all of the lines from the play that are a reference to Shakespeare or just something new. First off, the set's beautiful. Jimmy did a great job on $17. Yeah. Here's my thing. You can be a genius, but you have to pay for materials. He stole them. Oh, okay. So we get that funky double-double toil and trouble we wanted, and the lines have changed, you know, to update them. And we got old handkerchief and smelly sock, rotten eggs, and classic rock. How do you put classic rock into this? A CD of Elvis's greatest hits. They also see Macbeth and they say, King, you soon shall be, say we witches three, which is not Not Shakespeare. They just say, you'll be king. And then Sheen forgets his one line. Yeah. Well, no, Megan. He pauses for dramatic effect and then forgets his line after doing that. You ever done that? No. No. Principal Willoughby's like, that role should have just gone to a puppet. And that is sad and true. Oh, and also apparently in this play to gain the crown, you just need to beat up a pirate. Yes. Which makes me think that Rangoon's the king. Yeah, I agree. And... You know, the first time we ever see Lady Macbeth, she says her famous line, Macbeth, Macbeth, wherefore art thou Macbeth, my greatest love? Which, um, one, one, that's Romeo and Juliet. Two, she's not asking where he is. It makes no sense for Lady Macbeth to say, why are you my husband? I think this is where my note about Megan has a lot to say actually comes in. Yeah, I think so too. I'm really mad. Also, Lady Macbeth's role is really sucky in this. So, like, really wanting this part doesn't make any sense. It makes sense in real life. My hope is that they didn't read the script. This Mm. is something Principal Willoughby wrote. 
That's fair. So they're just thinking, she's thinking she's getting to play Lady Macbeth, and she and her home life is actually very upset by this, but she's keeping a brave face because she's the lead, which all the girls wanted to be, so she can't act like she's not grateful. So anyway, Rangoon shows up. Wait, Megan, is Rangoon a combination of Banquo and Duncan? Banquin Rangoon. Nope, nope. Everything you said makes no sense. I will say, right as he shows up, it interrupts Jimmy and Betty, because Jimmy's like, but soft will piercing comet through yonder porthole breaks, which uh, makes no sense. Yeah. Again, it's Romeo and Juliet in space. But yeah, so Bulby Rangoon comes in, and he says, friends, Mulvexians, countrymen, lend me to your ears. I come to bury Macbeth, not to praise him. Which, uh, one, it's not Macbeth. Yeah, we know. That is Julius Caesar. We know. And also, it doesn't make sense if Macbeth is alive, because it is supposed to be said at the funeral of the man it's discussing. I think it's a pretty cool, badass line for a pirate to say. Yeah, it, I just, this isn't Macbeth. I know. I will say. <laughs> what are you going to say, Ryan? No, you go. They have a laser fight. Is yours about the laser fight? A laser sword fight. Laser sword fight? Yeah. Okay, there are two lines in it that are... Again, not from Macbeth. The first is, get thee to another galaxy, which is get thee to an honor. I like that, though. I I laughed. It's fine. Yeah. And then, now is the winter of your discontent, which also is pretty dope. But. Not at all, Macbeth. It doesn't make any sense. And it makes no sense. Okay, I need to say this, Megan. For <laughs> an early 2000s 3D animated cartoon, I gotta say, the fight choreography is pretty good, actually. I wrote one more line, which is, maketh my day. That's funny. That's funny. And then, um, this episode's only 22 minutes long. This fight is fairly long, considering. It is a long fight. <laughs> like, they were just like, uh, can you make a laser sword fight? And the animators did it. And then they went, oh, this is long. But wow, for early 2000s animation, you did a great job. We'll keep it all. Oh. Also, Bulby's costume's cooler. It's so, so cool. I'm rooting for him. It's so cool. He looks cool and i don't understand it also they get to the top where bulby's supposed to fall off and bulby is too good at fight choreography or jimmy's not holding on to his sword but jimmy's sword falls but jimmy's supposed to win the fight and they just kind of look at each other and then bulby hands his sword to jimmy and it's very funny i like it i appreciate that but then he says a plague on all your galaxies parting is such sweet sorrow which is from Romeo and Juliet, and two different scenes set by two different characters, one of which has nothing to do with death. Yep. So that fight goes on. I guess Bulby's character is dead, but he fights him, so I guess he's Banquo. Yeah. But he comes up on Macbeth, which is not... That's Macduff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's King Macduffquo. Yeah. But he can't be Macduff because he's not in Act 5. He can't be the king because he's in act like four. King Macduffquo, yeah. So Cindy tries to steal the show by doing a weird tap dance witch bit. And then she gets taken off stage and dropped on the weather bot. And uh-oh, it starts flashing buttons and Sheen goes, I'ma press them all right in time. For the, for the famous Macbeth and Lady Macbeth romantic kiss scene. I mean, I always love in my versions of Macbeth when after Macbeth kills a pirate, they kiss. And Jimmy gets mad. 
because he says, methinks I hear a storm approaching a little too early, which is very poor acting. You shouldn't break, he broke. And then a tornado starts because the weather bot got all the buttons pressed and he says, unwelcome visitor, dost thou desire a piece of me? And then everything starts getting sucked up by a tornado. He should have learned from Lear that you can't fight a storm. Only Willoughby knows all of Shakespeare. Yeah. And thinks it's one. Apparently. Two things, Megan, I need to bring up in this section. Yeah. One, people are flying around, and then Carl flies around, riding a bicycle, cackling like the Wicked Witch of the West. It's so good. It is my favorite moment of the entire episode. It's very funny. And two, later, Willoughby says, what a world, which is like the Wizard of Oz when the witch starts melting. And all I can think was, I guess this is now El Avon Frank Barmcast. Yeah. You sure said words. I did say things. And he was just like, I don't really like classics, but this is pretty good. Because everyone thinks that the storm is part of it, except... Bulby, who's very upset and is like, Rangoon's supposed to be in Act 5, a spooky ghosty. Um, Rangoon isn't in Act 5, Bulby. That's what you said. Megan? Yeah. I'm so glad that we both caught this. Boy, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. So he's Banquo. Yeah. Macbeth doesn't have to kill Banquo to become king. He has to kill the king. And the king doesn't come up as a ghost. And Bulby said that Rangoon is not in Act 5. Yeah. I'm just mad at this kid's show that I loved when I was I know, younger. I was like, I was like, I can't really be mad because it's all I'm just mad. nothing. I'm just mad. So then anyway, the like tornado goes outside and everyone's like, phew. And then Jimmy's like, no, it's going to go in the atmosphere and get big because that's how science works. Yep. So then he Megan, puts on a, what? Are you the boy genius? You're right, you're right. I defer to the boy genius who puts on a jetpack and then actually becomes Macbeth in space. Yeah, it's funny. And it also he funny. becomes Superman because he flies in the opposite direction. Yeah, and then the tornado goes, oh, sorry, sir, <laughs> and goes back down to nothing. The day is saved, but Willoughby's just like, my play is ruined. I'm going to murder Jimmy Neutron. And then the entire crowd erupts in applause. They love it. And Willoughby's like, you know what, Bulby? I realized you're the only person here that can act. You're going to be Hamlet in Hamlet on Ice. Uh, Another thing I'd like to see. I want to know what play it will actually be. Probably Romeo and Juliet again. (laughs) And then we're in the audience. It's the end of the show. Everyone's doing great. Cindy's just like, am I going to be Spunky Girl? Quirky Shimatsu, please tell me. Is Quirky Shimatsu racist? Quirky Shimatsu, probably. Right. I mean, he's not like a negative stereotype or anything. No, but he does speak in broken English a little bit. And he kind of acts like Keanu. Kind of. Listen, I'm going to err on the side of it's bad. I'm going to err on the side of it's bad because they cast a white man. Yes. Anyway, Corky's just like, actually, which number one is my spunky girl? Which For is- my new show, which we didn't call Spunky Girl, Megan, so you just saying Spunky Girl out of nowhere <laughs> in the episode is weird. Which number one is my Spunky Girl for the show, Spunky Girl? And then they go, but Carl's a boy. And then instead of being progressive and saying it doesn't matter because it was the early 2000s, mm-hmm. Corky Shimatsu goes, then it's called Spunky Boy. Oh, no Spunky show? All right, that's Hollywood. Bye. And leaves. 
how is he going to leave Megan? Because the final joke is that when Jimmy brought the school back to Earth from the tornado, it landed on top of a mountain. Oh, no. Oh, wait, we forgot something very important. Oh, what? Oh, that Betty gets, gives yeah. Jimmy a kiss for, for saving their lives. And he's like, I love show business. And then it's just like, actually, you're on a mountain. Yeah, I forgot about the kiss. And then she rescinds the kiss and goes, I hate you, Jimmy Neutron. I hate you. That's the episode. Thoughts? Uh, that wasn't Macbeth. Yeah. I would really like to see an actual Macbeth in space. I mean, that's fair. Where the witches are aliens. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I think? I think it was a pretty good 22 minutes of television that I didn't need to think too much about, and I laughed at most of the jokes. Yeah, like, here's the thing. It's it's a funny episode. Jimmy Neutron's a great show. It has its problems because it's from the early 2000s. But, like, I grew up loving that show, and... It's just when I put it in the lens of seeing it as a Macbeth episode that I go, oh, that's not. That's not it. And even if I were to say it's a Romeo and Juliet episode, it's not. Yeah, it's not it. MVP. Bulby. I was going to say Carl. Carl made me laugh most. So here's the thing. Bulby's the only one who said actual Shakespeare. Yeah, sure. And also... I think he deserves something for being portrayed so horrendously. That's fair. You could I'm it giving to it him. to the person of Balby, not the character in Jimmy Neutron. Sure, fair. Still giving it to Carl. He That's fair. Laugh. Man, do you know what Shakespeare would have thought of this? So I think if Shakespeare saw this, what he would actually say is, I am not Adriana, nor thy wife. Because this has nothing to do with Macbeth, and it is not Macbeth, nor my wife. What, what quote is that from? Just from Comedy of Errors. <laughs> Marquez, what would you rate out darn spotlight? I would rate it four acts that Volby apparently is in out of five. Wow. I'd rate it four. Megan, it was an enjoyable 22 minutes of television. Yeah, that's fair. I liked it. I enjoyed watching it. Except for the racist part. That's where the yeah. one comes off of it. Megan, what would you rate out darn spotlight? I would rate it the fifth act that Bulby apparently is in out of it's the 13th episode of Jimmy Neutron season two. One out of 13? Five out of 13. Oh, what is that like over one third? It's 38%. Okay. I will say this. The title of the episode, Out Darn Spotlight. Fantastic. Great. That 10 out of 10. Out Darn Spotlight, 10 out of 10. If you were to do an actual Macbeth, school play episode or like production episode of something perfect out darn spotlight Mwah. perfect i love it well that's going to just about do it for us here on avant bard if you liked what you heard it you can follow us on all social media platforms at avant bard pod and if you really liked what you heard you can support us financially at patreon.com slash avant pod bloopers for this episode will be on patreon next week But until then, we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlo. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avant Bard, 
You can visit us on all social media platforms at Avant Bard Pod.